Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello, and welcome to Maintain the Flame. This is Keith Collins, your host, and I am so blessed to know that you're listening today. I trust that what you're about to hear will encourage you, that it will challenge you, and then it will deepen your walk with the Lord, which is really the heart of this program. Our, our passion is to awaken a hunger within people for the Lord and to help them walk in such a way before the Lord that that hunger, that fire, that passion, that deep, deep love for Jesus is sustained throughout the entirety of your life here on the earth. So wherever you're listening from today, welcome, welcome, welcome. Again, it is my honor to to do this every week, and I'm just humbled to know that the lives are being impacted by the power and the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I simply want to call understanding who we are as the people of God understanding who we are as the people of God. In other words, what does it really mean to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be the bride of Christ, to be the followers of the Lord Jesus? The Bible calls us disciples, and I think it's important for us, even in the hour of history that we live in, maybe I should say especially in the hour of history that we live in, that we understand our role and our function as the people of God. Now, let me just start off by saying this. The Lord does not save us, deliver us from Satan, from sin, even from ourselves, just so that we can sit in a church or go to a church. Now, I'm I'm all for church attendance, and I believe that every one of us should be a part of a local fellowship of believers that are having an impact on our community. So that's that's very, very important. But there's a lot of people that that go to church every week and that have a religious experience, but they never really fulfill the call of God upon them as a child of God. And, And really, when we look at the church overall, many times people are more consumers than they are participators. What do I mean by that? I mean that they... They attend a church to get something for themselves. Now, let me let me say that that I believe the Lord enjoys blessing us, and I believe that we should be refreshed, we should be encouraged, we should be trained, we should be equipped. So, on one level, it is okay to receive, and we need to receive. But many people simply partake of preaching, partake of corporate worship, 
and they never really do anything beyond that experience. So I, I want to focus on what the Bible shows us regarding how we are supposed to live in the present life that we have. And listen, James is very clear that life, the pro, I'm sorry, the Apostle James says that life is just a mist, it's a vapor, it's here for just a brief season, and then it is gone. It One translation says it vanishes away. And whether you live to be 100 years old or 50 years old or 85 or whatever your, your lifespan is, it's very brief in relation to eternity. Therefore, we should live very deliberately understanding our role as the people of Christ. Now, I want to read a verse, a few verses really, but let me start off by reading 1 Corinthians 11, 1. The Apostle Paul writes this letter to the church at Corinth, and he's well into this letter, his first letter to them. And listen to what he says. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, I've I've thought about this, this verse many, many times. And, you know, there's so many things that we can see within Scripture regarding the life of Jesus Christ, even though the Bible's clear, it says that, based on all the things that he did while he walked on the earth as a man, that books could not even contain all the things that he did. However, thankfully, especially with the Gospels, the the three synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then also the book of John, um, we're able to really look into his life. And we see some insight, some powerful insight to who he was. We know that he was a man of prayer. We can see that that oftentimes he would he would go away and even by himself, Jesus the Son of Man would pray sometimes through the night, the Bible says. He would go into a mountain or up on a mountain and he would cry out to the Father. And it says things like he would lift up his voice with vehement cries. So so we see that he was a man of prayer. So when we hear Paul, when we see Paul saying this, that listen, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ, to me, one of the first things that stands out is that we have to be a people of deliberate, very passionate prayer, number one. Another thing, of course, um, Jesus was not just someone that that taught um, parables. He was not just someone that taught truth, but he lived out what he taught. He was um, an example of his of his word. So we can we can talk the talk, but Jesus did not just talk the talk. He walked the walk. He was very dedicated, very focused, very sold out. Jesus also did many miracles, signs, and wonders. He he healed the sick. He he also cast demons out of people. He set the captive free. So we can see this in the life of Paul as well. And and I believe these are all things that we as the people of God should actively be involved in. So. So when we listen to Paul, when we hear him, I don't believe he's just saying, listen, do something because it looks spiritual. No, he's saying, listen, embrace the fact that I am living in such a way that when you see my life, you should see the life of Jesus Christ because Christ is in me. Matter of fact, Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20 that I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but now Christ, he said, lives in me. In other words, that that Jesus loves, I love, Paul is saying, that that Jesus does and would do, that is what I do. In other words, the Spirit of the Lord controlled his 
his life. Now, I, I think that's an, uh, an amazing foundation for who we are supposed to be as the body of Christ, that, that we should be following the example of Jesus Christ, that we should be following the example of his faithful followers, whether that be the, the first apostles or even those throughout history that have been faithful to, to, to love Jesus, to, to, to walk in a place of deep devotion unto him. And out of that place, they literally impacted their generation for the glory of God. So, so I, I wanted to kind of bring that um, into focus before I really begin to go into what I want to share today. And, and I want to talk to you about the fact that, listen, as God's people, I believe that we are to be a divine interruption in culture. We are to divinely um, stir up culture. What do I mean by that? I mean that the Bible is clear that we are in the world, but we are not of the world, right? We live in this world. We, we do business. We pay our bills. Many of us work jobs, and many of us have families, all these type of things. So we are in the world, but the Word of God is very clear that this world is not our final home. Not only that, but it's also very clear that our passions are not to be rooted in this present world. That this world, again, is a, a brief place that, that we experience and then we are out of this current world. Matter of fact, Leonard Ravenhill, the late Leonard Ravenhill said it this way. He said, this life is just a dressing room for eternity. That's really all it is. And I've always said when I heard that quote, well, we better be careful how we how we dress. And again, we're not talking about some legalistic works based mindset, but we are talking about living a life with works that glorify Jesus. The Bible is clear that we have been saved unto good works. What does that mean? That means that we're not saved by our works, but because we are saved, there should be godly things that are taking place in and through our lives. We should, again, be people of prayer. We should be people of purity, righteousness. Our eyes should be focused upon the Lord. The Bible says to the Apostle Paul that, that we should be able to, to control our own bodies. Our, our vessels should be under control, that we have been called to sanctification or to holiness through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are different than the world. Again, we become um, a divine interrupter, so to speak. We we come into culture, and we're not like the rest of the world. People should look upon us. They should, when they're around us, whether it be at the workplace or at the school or the college, wherever we're at, the world should look upon us, and they should see there's something different about that man. There's something different about that woman. In other words, there should be something in our lives and and there should be something that, that that people recognize upon us within us on us and what is that friend that's that's the the power of god that's the anointing of the holy spirit that's the the very um fire of god that 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 jesus said he would baptize us with holy fire that fire should be a radical interruption into the spirit of the age that we live in. Have you ever wondered why um, many people will get upset when you begin to talk about Jesus? And you can even be loving and compassionate, but sometimes they will get even violent or even angry. I mean, I've seen this many times in my life over 36 years of even preaching the gospel, that sometimes the name of Jesus or preaching, especially when you begin to... um 
preach the truth of Jesus being the only way of salvation. Like Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name um, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by me. Listen, this truth, this absolute truth, is what oftentimes causes the spirit of this age, the the worldly system, even the religious systems around us to be upended. Therefore, when we bring that absoluteness, that Jesus is the only way, that, that it is only by him and through him and because of him that we can be who God has called us to be. You see, friend, this distinguishes us. This separates us. This makes us ambassadors of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ himself. And again, it should disturb culture. If if the word of God is true, and I believe it is, um, the word of God is clear that says everyone who lives godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, I'm not talking about persecution because you're some you know, legalistic, religious bigot. That's not what I'm talking about. And, and there are those kind of people out there. Now, I'm talking about living a life of true intimacy-based holiness and righteousness, living a life that that is characterized by, I don't do anything except I see Jesus do it. Jesus said, I do nothing except I see the Father do it. Again, Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. The, the example that we should have in our lives is, listen, we do what Jesus does. We forgive like Jesus forgave. We love like he loved or like he loves. We... um. We reach out to the poor the way he reached out to the poor. I don't believe it was hard for Jesus to heal the sick. I believe it was hard for him not to. And listen, I believe he was moved with compassion, the Bible said. We should be a people with the compassion of Christ, not just human sympathy. Human sympathy is one thing, and and good things can be done sometimes, like humanitarian aid and stuff, the human sympathy. But there's a there's a deeper place, my friend. There's There's the compassion of the Lord himself where you literally enter into his heartbeat and you begin to feel what he feels and experience what he experiences. And sometimes it brings deep sorrow and even tears and deep crying before the Lord. Why? Because you enter into the compassion of Christ. Again, this is what it means to be a child of God. This is what it means to be an interrupter, to be a... um, an individual that that the Lord literally rests upon, that, that the fire of God dwells within us. And as a result, we acknowledge and we realize our prophetic mandate to make a difference in the generation that we live in, that, that we come to that place to where we, we can't live unto ourselves. We can't just be a nice little Christian that goes to church once or twice a week or maybe goes to a prayer meeting once or twice a month and we maybe pay our tithes, maybe we give to missions and we, we help at the soup kitchen and, and the, um, the food pantry and, and all these, and these things are fantastic and I, I think God uses them. But friend, you can do all that through human effort and through learned behavior patterns. However, to know Jesus and to make him known is the mandate that we would fulfill the great commission to make disciples of the nations. How do we do that, friend? We have to interrupt culture. We have to stir up the society that we live in. We we bring to bear the reality of heaven, the reality 
of the cross of Jesus Christ. We bring the gospel to bear in the generation that we live in. And as a result, people experience a disturbance in their hearts. Um, Several weeks ago, I, I shared on a program about the dangers of just being safe in church. In other words, oftentimes we want people to feel very comfortable. And some of that's fine. I think people should feel loved and they should feel blessed and they should feel welcome and all those kind of things. And I'm not against that. However, if we are so safe and so comfortable that people never feel conviction and they never realize that they are lost and separated from God, then, my friend, we are doing them a a grave injustice. And that's not love. That's not compassion. That's not empathy or sympathy. That's just our humanity sometimes being ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it makes people uncomfortable and we don't want them to feel. Listen, sometimes people need to be uncomfortable. People that are living in direct disobedience to the Lord, people that have never been born again of the Spirit of God, they need the reality of the eternal gospel to arrest their hearts. And how will they do it unless you and I live in such a way and and proclaim truth in such a way that they are brought to a decision? You see, I am way more concerned about the heart of God and pleasing God than I am about people feeling comfortable and people liking me. And and I love people and I want people to like me. Don't misunderstand me, but, but my dear friend, I hope you're hearing me today. If we are not disturbing culture, if we are not divinely um, stirring the culture, the society that we live in, then we are faltering with regard to much of who God has called us to be as his people in the generation that we live in. I'm convinced when we look at the world, and I know this this program reaches many nations and, and many people are hearing this around the world today. But listen, when I look at the condition of much of the world, I believe the reason that so much of our world has become so anti-gospel, anti-Christ, anti-Bible is because the, the church has become so much like the world and, and we've lost our fire. We've lost our prophetic and apostolic mission. We've, we've lost the fact that, that Jesus has called us to rescue the perishing and to care for the dying, that, that we are not to hide the light, as the Lord said, under a bushel, but we are a city on a hill that should shine brightly with clarity and truth and passion fueled with compassion, the compassion of Christ. This is who we are. I'm talking about the role of the church, who we are as the people of God in the generation that we live in. What are we leaving the next generation, my friend? If you're listening to me today and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, can I ask you a question? Who are you discipling in prayer, in the Word? Who are you pouring your life into because Jesus is real to you? You see, the the continuance of the gospel, the and, and, and I know that God is sovereign and he's got an ultimate plan, but I also know that he employs, when I say employs, he engages humanity. He engages you and me throughout history. The way the gospel has spread throughout the nations 
is men and women, young people, have been faithful to prayer, faithful to preach, faithful to plant churches, faithful to do one-on-one ministry, faithful to go down into the layers of hell, the deepest or the deepest, darkest places in culture, and pull people out by the truth of the gospel and by the love of Jesus Christ. This is who we are as the people of God. When we lose that, and it's all about a nice building and comfortable people um, feeling comfortable in their Christianity, a people that are just more concerned about a facility or a building or an edifice than they are about the fact that people are dying and going to hell tonight all around the world. As I look at what's taking place in Ukraine, as I look at the people that are being um, just ravaged, I mean, their lives are being destroyed, my friend. Our hearts should cry out. Our hearts should cry out for the church in Ukraine, even for the church in Russia and Belarus and Moldova, some of these places where there are solid, strong Christian believers. My prayers, God, use them as your voice in those places. May there be apostles that, that, that have insight that will arise in those settings and direct and guide with prophetic clarity, fueled with intercession prophetic prayer and they will know what to do as the church fills in a void that's being caused by war and turmoil and pain and really just um horror i mean it, it it's horrible what's going on there and we've we've been in contact with certain people that are that live there as missionaries and they're still some of them still close or even on the ground doing what they can do but my friend this is a time where the church has to stand up this is the time when we look at history where the prophetic voices of god have to speak forth in the generation that we live in so what is the church doing where are we at are we fulfilling our role on the earth during this time. Historically, the prophets went and got in the face of the kings and declared the word of the living God of Israel. Where are the prophets? Where are the apostles? Where are the evangelists? Where are the pastors? Where are the teachers? Where are the soul winners? Where are the missionary evangelists? Where are the the, the people that, that, that have authority over demons? Where are the, the prayer warriors that are willing to to lay aside comfort and ease and entertainment and enter into the secret place and give themselves to fasting and praying and tearing down demonic strongholds throughout the world. Where's the church? That's my question for you. Where is the church? If not now, then when? If not me, then who? If not this generation, then what generation? Listen, as I look at my own nation, I'm an American born in the United States of America. I've been blessed to travel to dozens of countries, and I've preached around the world, but but I'm an American. When I look at my own nation, and I see the the weakness, the carnality, the the entertainment-fueled ministry in the American church— my heart grieves. I love the church. I, I love America. But my friend, I, I, I want to be honest. I don't believe that the American church is filling her role or fulfilling her role. I believe that she's asleep at the wheel. I believe that she's proud of herself and she's so arrogant that she doesn't realize how destructive her pride really is. And and I believe that, that, that sometimes God in his mercy will allow the rug of comfort to be pulled out from under us in, either, in order to bring us to our face or to our knees to where we realize our desperate need for God in the generation that we live in. What are we doing, my friend? Where are we at? How real? 
is this gospel. I'm almost 54 years old. I don't know how much time I have, but I don't have time to play church. I'm not interested in another preaching um, date. Thank God that I'm called to preach. But listen, no, my, my passion is, Lord, use me to divinely interrupt culture. God, use me as you've used men and women in the past, men and women that were willing to to get out of the comforts of religion and the comforts of ministry performance and production. And they got on their face and through tears and through brokenness and sometimes through fasting, oftentimes through fasting, those that have really made a difference. Fasting and prayer, they, they touched heaven and culture was shaped and it was changed and it was invaded. We need a holy invasion, friend. I've looked at the invasion of Ukraine for the last several days, and even as they've been invaded, friend, we need Holy Spirit-filled lovers of Jesus to invade every sector of society and culture in the hour that we live in. You know, there's there's a word that, that I like. It's In the English, the word is firebrand. And here's what it means. It means a piece of burning wood. It also means one that creates unrest or strife as an aggressively promoting a cause. Another definition is an agitator. Friend, I don't know about you, but I want to be a firebrand. I want to be a holy agitator. I, I want to aggressively present Jesus to a world that is lost without hope, that is lost without an eternal remedy that is free falling into hell as I'm sharing this today with you. Friend, we must be the ones faithful to the call of God on this generation, faithful to the purposes of God in this hour. Amy Carmichael, the amazing missionary to India many years ago, when it was not comfortable to be a missionary and when it was not even popular for a woman to go out, especially into another country like India, but she was persistent and she had an, had an amazing work among the Indian, especially the, the Indian children and some of the, the little girls that were being used as prostitutes and some of the Hindu temples and God really used her. But listen to what Amy Carmichael said and may this be our prayer today. She said, make me thy fuel, O Lamb of God. Friend, that's what the Lord is looking for. He's looking for fuel. What is fuel? Fuel is the ingredient that when put into the fire of God becomes one with his flame. And as a result, his eternal purposes come alive. And the purposes of the Lord are done through those type of individuals. I'm, I'm asking you, friend, I'm, I'm praying for you right now in my spirit. I'm, I'm going to close in prayer in just a, a few minutes or a few seconds here. But, but listen to me. How real is this to you? Do you feel the mandate? Some will tell you this is radical, what I'm saying today, but I'm telling you, this is red alert, all hands on deck. Our, our world needs Jesus to be seen through his people. Ukraine needs revival. America needs revival. The Middle East needs revival. Asia needs revival. Africa needs revival, friend. Australia needs revival. North America needs revival. South America, Central America. I mean, the entire world is in need of a touch from God, and it only happens when you and I, are willing to fulfill the role of God upon our lives. Let me close in prayer. Father, we thank you for truth today. Truth that moves the fog out of the way, that that removes any dullness, even any hesitancy. 
I pray today, Lord, as people are listening to this word in America, North America, throughout the nations, God, that their hearts would be arrested. Lord, that this would be a day of change for them, that they would embrace the mandate upon their lives to do the works of Jesus in this generation. Lord, be real in their lives. I pray right now, Lord, let there be a fresh baptism of the Holy Holy Spirit and fire, the Holy Ghost and fire upon those that are listening today, those that have grown cold, those that have grown dormant and dull in their walk with you. I pray that today is a day of fresh fire upon their lives. Holy Spirit, fall on them even now as you've done throughout history. Awaken their hearts. Stir them. Stir them, Lord, as only you can do. And Lord Jesus, use them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for listening to Maintain the Flame today. This message is is burning upon my heart. I believe I'll come back next week with part two. But you be encouraged and challenged in your walk with the Lord today. And let nothing, nothing, nothing hold you back from what God has called you to do and who God has called you to be in your generation. What is God looking for? He's looking for availability. He's looking for an open heart. He's looking for people that will love him and worship him. And I believe if you'll say, Lord, here am I, send me, he'll see that yes, and he'll anoint you with his glory and his power and use you for his purposes in the hour that you live in. We love you. God bless you. And I look forward to being back with you next week. God bless in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.